Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us today. Pastor Rander has challenged us with a life-changing question. How will we live in a new year? The fact that we are able to hear today's message tells us that God has extended His grace to us in a new year, an opportunity to live for Him on earth and ultimately with Him eternally in heaven. Will we do what we've always done? Or will we commit ourselves to consistently seek God, hear God, trust God, and obey God? The Bible instructs us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Without Him, we can do nothing. With Him, nothing shall be impossible. We must be totally committed to Him, just as He is totally committed to us. He's given us another chance. What will we do with it? Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. If you're so kind enough, would you turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22? It will be our first verse that we are going to look at. Then leave your Bibles open because there will be a plethora of scripture that we will be preaching from and expounding upon in this message. The series is entitled, Rising from Earthly Mediocrity to Heavenly Greatness. Rising from earthly mediocrity to heavenly greatness. How many of you want to see God do something extraordinarily unusual, supernatural through you and to you this year? How many of you, how many of you want to do more for God this year? You know, he didn't bring you here into this new year to, do, to give him less. He has brought you into this year to give for you to do more for him. And so many of us need to come to the knowledge of knowing that we didn't give God all we could have last year. And he wants to do more through you this year. Rising from earthly mediocrity to heavenly greatness. There are so many who start off the new year with resolutions, goals, plans, dreams, only to see them fizzle out before mid-year. I believe they are really sincere. I believe people really mean well and they want to see themselves prosper to achieve their goals. However, they will never see their dreams become a reality until they get serious and are willing to make sacrifices. Living above the level of mediocrity means you must be committed to spiritual principles that will enable you to reach your potential for Christ for the time that God gives you here on earth. But more importantly, you cannot achieve greatness in the kingdom of God apart from yielding your life to Christ. You can't do it your way and expect God to do great things through you. You must yield your life to Christ. You must seek to know him more. You must follow the path that he has ordained for you. He has a plan and purpose for your life which will result in earthly blessings and heavenly rewards. Therefore, if you desire to see God's vision for your life become a reality, you must stop talking. You must stop talking to talk and daydreaming and procrastinating all over the place and allowing what brings you pleasure to be your priority. As a matter of fact, your pleasure is not God's priority. God wants you to do what brings him pleasure. God wants you to do that what that brings him glory and honor. As that old saying goes, 
it's time to put up or shut up. What are some crucial principles that are required to achieve success? What are some crucial principles that are required to achieve success? You didn't just accidentally stumble into this year. God brought you into this year. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God wants to maximize himself through you. God wants you to come into greatness. God desires that you live above the level of mediocrity. God wants you to know him more. God wants you to be holy as he is holy. And for you to be successful, for you to soar to your God-given potential, what are some crucial principles, spiritual principles that are required to achieve success? Number one, if you desire to get off to a good start this year, you must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That you must have. You must have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have personal goals without Christ, you are already starting at a tremendous spiritual disadvantage because apart from Christ, you can do nothing. You need the Lord. Satan is too busy. The world is too dangerous for you not to have a personal, authentic, genuine, real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't kind of know God. You got to know that you know that you know you know you know that you've been born again. Isaiah 45, 22 says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. God is God all by himself. He alone is God. And if you want to experience salvation, you got to look to Jesus. Salvation does not come through Muhammad. It does not come through Buddha. It does not come through Hinduism. It does not come through uh, astrology. It does not come through uh, magic uh, stuff and wizardry and witchcraft and all of that. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ alone. You must look to, to Jesus. You can't look to Hillary Clinton. You can't look Donald Trump and and uh, you, Donald, Trump, Donald Trump can't help you. Uh, I'm just making a point that you cannot look to political figures. That's right. You can't look to the White House. You can't look to Hollywood. Uh, they, they're in a mess. They can't even stay married. <laughs> you have to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our only hope in the perilous times in which we live. You need Jesus. And you, if you are here this year, you've got, if you have entered this year and you are uncertain about your relationship, if you can't say with absolute certainty that you know the Lord, then it is critical that you need to today, today, you need today to get to know the Savior. Number two, even when you put Christ first, if you make desired goals without executing a plan to achieve them, your efforts will be futile. Let me say that again. Even when you put Christ first, if you make desired goals, you said, this is going to be, these are going to be my spiritual goals for this year. Without executing the plan to achieve them, your efforts will be futile. 
Ask the Lord to help you prioritize your life because you cannot make progress in your life in the midst of disorder. You cannot make progress when your life is filled with disorder, confusion, and competing priorities, trying to do too many things at one time. You can't be all things to all people. You can't do this and do that and go do this. All these little sideline projects left undone. You can't listen when the, uh, in the midst of chaos and darkness, Jesus, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said, "Let there be." They brought order out of chaos. And let me tell you something: if you want structure in your life, you have to set some priority. You have to set some goals. You have to prioritize your life because you cannot make progress in your life in the midst of disorder, confusion, and competing priorities and trying to do too many things at one time. Luke 2.49 says, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus was just a child when he said this. His parents had moved on. They thought he was at Right, he, They thought he was in the entourage and right near, only to discover that he wasn't around. And they were looking for him and looking for him. And when they found him, they were all frustrated, said, we've been looking for you, uh, Jesus, where you been? And he just looked at them and said, uh, why are you seeking me? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Even at a, as a child, Jesus knew that which was priority. As a matter of fact, in the Lord's Prayer of John 17, 4, it says, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you, look, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus is the greatest example of what prioritizing for the sake of the kingdom looks like. If you want to see a life that had priority, look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He will show you how to prioritize your life. Jesus obeyed. Jesus did the will of the father and finished what God, the father assigned him to do. And Jesus left nothing undone. Many of you today under my voice, you're very smart. You're very intelligent and you're very knowledgeable, but your life has no direction and you continue to procrastinate on God. You are still being indecisive, not knowing the will of God for your life. Even at 40, 50, 60, 70, you're still meandering around trying to figure out what God would have you do. And, uh, and, and, and most of the tasks that you start, you leave unfinished or incomplete. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5a says, get wisdom and get understanding. God The all-wise God will give you wisdom and he will show you as you listen to him, as you trust him, as you walk with him, he will give you the wisdom and understanding that you need to prioritize your life. You need wisdom from the Lord. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is taking the knowledge you possess and applying it to your life. Wisdom is taking the knowledge you possess and applying it to your life. Wisdom is wisdom is the right use of knowledge. That's big. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. It takes wisdom from God to establish the right priorities in your life and to see them come to fruition. So you have to sit before God and ask him, God, show me what you want me to do 
how you want me to do it and when you want me to do it. Show me what you would have me to do. Show me how you want me to do it as well as when you want me to do it. Help me to hear your voice and follow you so that I won't misstep or end up down the wrong road or end up on a path that you have not chosen for me. Thirdly, if you want to see God maximize himself through you, if you want to have success this year, if necessary, do not be afraid to start over. If necessary, do not be afraid to what? There's nothing wrong with start over. Now, some of you start over too many times. Your life is just a jump start. Start over, start over, start over. Nothing undone. But sometimes it's necessary to what? Start over. Perhaps it's going back to school after dropping out of high school. Or perhaps maybe you dropped out of college. Or perhaps you're starting over after a hard divorce. Some of you are starting over after the death of a precious loved one. And you're starting over. Some of you now, you're starting over after the children have left the nest. They're they're gone. And now it's just you and your husband and y'all asking now, you're asking each other now, just who are you? Because your life has been wrapped around your kids. Now they're out the house and you're looking at each other and you throwing up your hands. Starting over. Transitioning from military life. Those unexpected crises. Uh, at, at Rowlett, Texas, just north of Dallas, just in that area. F4 tornado come in just around the holiday times and people lose everything starting over. Floods starting over. Earthquakes starting over. Hurricanes. The Mississippi River flooding everything out in its path. Starting over. Starting over. Loss of a job. Starting over. Financial ruin. Starting over. Luke 1.37 says, for with God, all things are possible. The Lord himself will help you start over. And some of you need to start over. Wherever you are in life, listen to me closely. Wherever you are in life, it is not too late to start over. You say, but I'm 60. It's okay to start over. Some of you say, I'm 80. Moses just got started at 80. It's not too late to start over. You made some mistakes. You've you failed. You just made a mess of your life. You can, you can stop right in your tracks and you can look to Jesus, say, God, when I look back over my life, all I see is unfinished tasks. I see a mess. I see wrong decisions, bad decisions. I see where I've just done it my way. And when I look back over my life, I don't really have too much to show for it. But God can start you right where you are right now. And he can give you a brand new beginning like only he can do. Some of you need to start over with your marriage. I mean, you've been on the rocks. You've been rocky. You don't know. It's just been turbulent. And sometimes you need to just say, listen, it's just time for us to start over. It is not too late to start over. With God, all things are what? Possible. If you're going to have a year like none other this year, fourthly, you must realize that you cannot have a great year if your attitude is not right before the Lord. Your attitude determines your altitude. Okay, 
You must realize that you cannot have a great year before the Lord if your attitude is not right before him. Your attitude is a choice. You could, you have to choose to have a right attitude before the Lord. Success or failure is dependent upon choosing uh, to possess the right attitude that glorifies God. This cannot be done apart from changing your pattern of thinking toward God, changing your pattern of thinking toward yourself, changing your pattern of thinking toward others, and changing your pattern of thinking toward your circumstances. You see, a bad attitude can be your worst enemy. Self-defeat is the worst defeat. A bad attitude. And some of you, your attitude is bad toward your wife, toward your husband, toward your children. Some of the children, your attitude is bad toward your parents. Some of you, your, your attitude is bad on the job. And some of you folk don't want to deal with you because you just, a bad attitude coming their way. A bad attitude can be your worst enemy. And some of you need God to give you an attitude adjustment. Listen at this closely. If you change the way you think, you will change the way you live. Did you get that? If you change the way you think, you will change the way you live. Let me say, let me tell you something about attitude. Your attitude is more important than your experience. You have a whole lot of experience, but if your attitude is bad, who cares about your experience? Your attitude is more important than your education. You can have a PhD and have a bad attitude. Nobody want to be around you. Nobody care what you think if your attitude stinks. Nobody care about how smart you are. Can't nobody hang around you. You know, your attitude surpasses your knowledge. People don't care how much you know if your attitude's bad. You give a whole lot of money, but if you got a cocky, no good attitude, who cares about your money? Attitude is more important than money. Attitude, attitude. It's more important than failure, than failure. You know, you you can hit rock bottom and you can just say, oh, woe is me. Just have a sour attitude. Or you could say, uh, you could flip that thing and say, you know what? I'm at the bottom. Now, only way I can go is up. (laughs) Only way I can go is up. What an attitude. Hey, y'all, it can't get no lower. Let's go up. (laughs) That's that's the kind of attitude. Uh, uh, Attitude is greater than your success. A right attitude is greater than what people think, what they say, and what... It's greater than your skills. What does it profit you to have all the skills to do a certain thing? And people, people can't talk to you. They can't connect with you. They'd rather not be around you. You are unholy nuisance. You know what? Your attitude uh, surpasses your appearance. What does it profit you to be dressed up, looking nice, the finest of cologne and perfume, hair all tight if you got any hair, you know? You, you, got all, you, you got it all. I mean, you look good. Your wardrobe is nice, but your attitude is a stench before God. You know why some churches can't grow? Because some churches got a bad attitude. Some churches are mean. Churches are rough. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and stop saying come to my church if you're not going to have the right attitude. You run, time they come in, you run them out. You know, Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you which was also in Jesus Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, you will have the right attitude. You can't have the mind of Christ and have a bad attitude at the same time. You, you, you check yourself. Ask yourself, 
What kind of attitude do I have about myself? How is my attitude towards my husband? Am I short with him or her or my wife? You know, am I sarcastic? Am I talking smart? Am I making put down statements? Am I cold? You know, some of y'all treat each other so badly. You need to just start over and start talking right. Tone your voice down and stop being so hard and harsh and stop looking at each other with suspicion. Start over. Start over. You need to start over. Number five. I've got hardly through. Hold y'all seatbelts. Beloved, life is about transition. Say transition. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Transition is inevitable. You can't get around transition. I look at my little grandkids here. You know, if 20 years later, they still two years old and acting like two, something is wrong. 20 years later, they still in kindergarten. Something is wrong. I mean, transition is that they, they start crawling. They start rolling over. Then they fall out of bed. Then they start crawling. Then they start learning how to use the potty. And then they begin to go to first kindergarten. That's transition. You, 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 out of the house, into college, marriage, career, trend, retirement, transition. Therefore, know when your season is over and leave gratefully, graciously, and, and gracefully. Children, leave the house the wrong way. Leave the home the wrong way. Young folk, you are 17, 18, graduating from high school. Don't leave that house uh, unappreciative. You leave saying, thank you, mama. Thank you, daddy. Leave your parents well kissed. They're helping you even as you leave the house. Don't be like the prodigal son. People leave the employment, their employment the wrong way. They just walk off disgruntled instead of saying, thank you for an opportunity to work. There are saints who leave the church in a dishonorable way. Oftentimes breaking relationships and creating hard feelings. They leave the church the wrong way. Be mindful that those who throw mud lose ground. Always leave in such a way that you can return. Do not burn your bridges. You may have to cross those same bridges. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I'm going to tell you something too. Listen to this. Refuse to allow Satan to remove you from where the Lord has strategically, divinely placed you for this appointed time. Okay? Refuse to allow Satan to remove you from where God has placed you. Some of you leave jobs too soon, careers too soon. You just miss God all of the church too soon. Some of you leave home too soon. So many saints miss God and move without his permission because they are spiritually immature. They move before the time because they are unstable. They are transient. They've lost their focus. They're in a hurry. They run away in the face of problems. Where where are you going to go and not find problems? I leave my marriage because I got problems. You get that other woman, you get that next man. You're going to find out it's nothing but astroturf. <laughs> yeah, it's not even, the grass ain't even greener. It's turf. It's artificial. It's artificial. S- stay home. 
You who are married, look at each other right now and say, I'm staying home. Stay, where are you going? Where are you going? You think that gonna be, it's going to be better and rosy? <laughs> oh, that's a joke. You better love what you have. You say, I don't love her no more. Oh, don't give me that. Oh, you, yeah, you married her because you love her. You know, and you can will yourself to love her again. That's right. Get out of that artificial turf. That's satanic. Stay on. Don't start over in a new relationship. Start over in your own relationship. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Problems. Problem in the church. Move. Problem on the job. Move. Problem with your in-law. Move. Problem with your children. Get out. Sometimes you want them to get out. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to try to help address this. Y'all listening right now, and I'm so glad you are, because I got a whole lot to say. How do you know when your season's over? I want to help you. Some of y'all right there right now. Some of y'all about to make a mess. How do you know when your season is over? A, you know your season is over. When there is a lack of inner peace about remaining where you are, you don't have that peace, that inner peace about where you are. It's just no longer there. That's a sign. Uh, Secondly, when your passion is gone, gone, that job you had, man, you were just giving it all you got. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it's a struggle to stay there. That passion is gone. That career, it is, it's not what it was when you first started. That burning desire, that enthusiasm, that zeal, uh, it, it's, 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 it's not fair. The Word of God admonishes us to wait patiently on Him, and He will give us the desires of our hearts. We must pray, meditate, commune, and wait on God. We must fight against the I, me, and my right now syndrome that perpetuates today's society. God and God alone is the answer to everything. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.